0: Welcome, everyone, to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me. Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Uh, today I'm coming at you solo, but I am pleased to announce that I was able to meet Bobby Portis exactly a week ago today as of recording here on Thursday, May 26th, around 7 p.m. Central. Warriors-Mavs is going to kick off in an hour, but yeah. <laughs> Beyond basketball, that doesn't concern the Bucks. I had... Yeah, one of the more surreal moments of my life, a a moment I will remember forever for sure. So I, uh, of course, have to recap it, uh, especially since I have a platform to share it. I've naturally sent it to all of my family, so that will aid in making sure I remember it exactly how it went about a week uh, from today. Okay, I'm just going to jump right into it. Last Thursday, I had to do some laundry, and I had to get change to do laundry, so I made an excuse to go to my local Walgreens, buy a couple household items, and get some cash back. Uh, when I Uh, got my things, and went to the back of the line. I was standing there for a moment, and this dude comes up next to me. Looks like he's carrying two large cases of plastic water bottles, so he leaned up against the counter right next to me. So many things about this interaction are crazy. Um, First of which is I wonder how long it would have taken me to notice that Bobby Portis was behind me cuz normally I'm walking around with earbuds in for one. So yeah, like just the the fact that Bobby had to buy so many plastic water bottles and I happen to be standing in line right next to the end of the counter uh for Bobby to rest the plastic water bottles on is pretty nuts. So yeah. He could have just been standing behind me the whole time and what if I would have never noticed? I'm sure I would have noticed eventually, but I had to quadruple take to make sure it was Bobby Portis first I noticed hey this guy's pretty tall I wonder he if he's a basketball player holy cow that's Bobby Portis is that really Bobby Portis and it was so I immediately you know I just started freaking out on the inside as you would imagine <laughs> yeah I I truly got butterflies I have it. <laughs> oh if it if it if it sounds like I'm talking uh about the first time I met the the love of my life uh, checks out, and I say that because for a moment I almost felt like like I like yeah I was freaking out like almost as if like a feel a feeling where like I maybe normally would have been too freaked out to say something, but again so perfect that he was literally right next to me, and naturally I'm helped out by the fact that. Uh, Milwaukee uh, reached an agreement immediately after Bobby Porta signed his deal last season that Bobby Porta should never pay for a thing in Milwaukee. So that was able to break the ice. Because if you think about it in a vacuum, it's pretty weird maybe to offer to buy something for a professional athlete whose salary is extremely public and they know they make more than like 99% of the people out there. Um, But, yeah, in this instance, it was acceptable to buy him something, which I was happy to do for everything Bobby's done for the city. And, uh, of course, yeah, because he was able to take that big cut as part of uh, a gift to the city after he won a championship with us last season. So, after eyeballing him a little bit and, notice and confirming it was indeed Bobby Portis standing right next to me, I kind of go, hey, man, uh, can I buy that water for you? And he goes, you know, oh, are you sure, man? I'm like, yeah, I, it, would, it would be my pleasure, whatever. He says, thanks. Finally, it's our turn in line. And I kind of try to reassure him, like, hey, man, like, yeah, like, for real, I want to buy you something, like, come with me, like, let's, you know you know, opening the door for him to make sure he knows he can like put his stuff for me to pay for uh, up to the counter with me. And then that's when I noticed that he's with his girlfriend because uh, they had bought even more stuff and they kind of hesitated because I heard him say to his girlfriend, well, he said he would buy the water and yet other things besides water. So then I jumped in, said like, no man, like, please like throw, throw the rest on like, I'd be happy to do so. This is probably a point where I said at least two or three times like I really appreciate everything that like you've done for our city. Uh heck of a season. Yada yada yada. And I'm also extremely awkward throughout this whole experience. I talked about about uh freaking out on the inside, so I wasn't the most proficient socially in this moment and also I'm I'm proud that in this moment, I, you know, upheld my belief of, you know, it's good to try to treat celebrities like they're, like they're one of us. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to draw any extra attention to Bobby or his girlfriend. Yeah. And I just didn't, yeah, I didn't want to be annoying in any other way. So it's it's cool because then as as we were we were waiting there waiting waiting to check out it it ended up being Bobby taking somewhat more of the initiative to uh, break the ice. He was like, "Hey, are you still watching the game tonight?" I said, "Yeah," and that I got to get back to watch it. I, I I said it pretty pretty much just like that. So it's almost I remember in retelling this story, it almost sounded sounded like I was saying I didn't have time for him, and you know. Tapping my watch, saying, "All right, man. Well, once we check out, like I'm out of here." <laughs> uh, certainly not the case. And once I said I was going to be watching the game as well in a bit, he asked who I got. I kind of, I kind of looked up at him, smiled, said, "The Celtics." He he at least confirmed the validity there because he said that that he couldn't see Jimmy Butler playing like he did in game in game one of uh of the Celtics uh Heat series. And uh and then yeah, I also pointed out that that it didn't seem well excuse me, I'm looking I'm multitasking here to share that uh Jimmy Butler did have forty one points in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics. the uh, Celtics currently lead the series uh, 3-2, but that series has, and well, in general, the postseason has been I mean, probably the entire playoffs. I know the Bucks definitely had some blowout games one way or the other, but certainly if we isolate just these conference finals games, they've been quite lopsided between the uh, Celtics and Heat. So much so that, like, the other shows that I listened to had uh, less to say than normal about these games. I'd say the shows I keep up with, you know, spoke more to there just being not much to talk about related to the uh, conference finals cause, and calling the game straight up boring. That's wasn't meant to try to make any Bucks fans feel better that we're not currently playing but I definitely felt better that I got to talk about this in the moment with Bobby Portis. So, after he said he didn't think Jimmy could put up 41 points again against the Celtics, I said, "Yeah, and it doesn't help the Heat either that uh Horford and Smart will be back after missing missing game 1 uh against the Heat and he kind of questioned me about Horford in particular. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess he did have COVID, so it makes sense if he isn't quite back yet. Not that it matters, but for the record, it turned out I was right, and Horford did have two uh, negative COVID results and only missed Game One due to due to uh, uh, COVID nineteen. But I don't have it. I don't have a championship ring, so Bobby still comes out as the winner uh, against me. Weird point of this interaction was when the cashier. Which is wild. I don't know if, if she if she runs into situations like this more working uh, than I do. But she was just extremely casual with Bobby, borderline rude, because <laughs> she said almost verbatim, "You're you're a basketball player. You play in the NBA, um, like, and like why and why would you why would you want to play in Milwaukee?" That's just rude because it's a weird thing to say, and it makes everybody uncomfortable, especially especially the guy who chose to play in Milwaukee that you're saying is ill-advised. But also, uh, to date, we're still the reigning NBA champions. Feels a little cheap to say since we've been eliminated from championship contention this year, but no one else has won the title since we have, so technically, we're still the champions. And I kind of butted in at that point because Bobby's response to the cashier was nothing but polite, saying that Milwaukee, something along, along the lines of, the, of Milwaukee making him the player uh, that he is today, and then I butted in saying he stayed in Milwaukee because he's a champion, uh, pretty short and sweet. Bobby kind of chuckled with me. It was a, it was a magical moment. And it didn't end there even after we were done checking out because after everything we had bought between uh, between us, we had so many uh, plastic bags where I, I'm, I almost felt rude if I didn't offer to help him carry the bags to his car. <laughs> I, uh, it's kind of one of those things where I'm rude if I don't offer to carry these things to his car, but I can also imagine... A scenario in his mind where he's thinking oh wait this super fan of mine is going to walk to my car with me like that could be like a little uncomfortable he doesn't know me um, I could be I could be the weirdest person ever walk the face of the earth you know I'm pretty confident that he uh, could have easily not seen me as a threat since he is uh, he's 6'9 and I'm six three and yeah we we got a photo together in the end spoiler spoiler alert and it looks like I'm like five feet tall which doesn't you know check out with the math that I just told you guys it makes me question am I far shorter than I measured as at the doctor's office but no to the average folk I am tall and I take pride in not lying about that at all, but definitely felt short when I took the picture with Bobby. And either way, we're walking back to his car, and I'm wondering if I'm doing the right thing or not by, uh, you know, initiating myself uh, walking to his car with him. And as I was thinking about this, I was kind of fumbling through the plastic bags because I noticed that they combined. My items with the other bags, and I ended up dropping Bobby's lemonade, which is probably the most hilarious part of of this entire interaction. And uh, we get to the car, and again, a moment where I'm I'm weirdly quiet in front of my hero and awkward, and they recognize that, even though I'm trying to be my best to be polite and kind and bobby's like so do you want a picture something and i i was like i was like oh yeah of course thank you and um some people might know but but um one of my one of my biggest nightmares is having to is having to execute a selfie i've always thought it was it was an extremely awkward scenario i'm not one who takes photos a lot to begin with um I also hate when I have to take photos for other people because I feel like they always come out terrible, but, but, you know, I don't have a lot of practice taking selfies and I know this is going to be one of the most iconic photos of my life. And luckily Bobby's girlfriend was kind enough to, uh, offer to take the photo for me. So I got an awesome pic of Bobby and I, it's on uh, my Instagram page and my Twitter page Look, if you buck NBA, you is just the letter U on both of those sites. My tweet really blew up. Uh, so thanks to everyone who supported me there. It was uh, a world, uh, a well, just a Twitter record for myself having, if I remember correctly, 30 retweets and like 950 likes. Didn't quite get to 1,000. Uh, yeah. And at the very end of Bobby and I's interaction, uh, we kind of we we kind of dapped each other up, and and you know did the handshake and a half hug. So I've also half hugged Bobby Portis at this point in my life, and I walked home grinning ear to ear, uh, looking looking suspect to say the least to everyone. That I passed by, but I had not a care in the world. And, uh, yeah. Um, that about covers it. I don't know if it's taken me 18 minutes to relay the story before, but, uh, I think it's fair. I don't think that's, that's, you know, unless. Unless my dreams come come through here sooner rather than later with the basketball career um, that I want, uh, I might not ever have an, have another opportunity like that. So, so yeah, I'm glad I got to share that with everyone. Uh, and now that we're in the off season, I was kind of thinking about uh, well. It's 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 just like a welcome challenge of like having having to brainstorm more about what I'm going to cover uh this week and with the Bobby interaction I figured it could be centered around Bobby but everything centered around Bobby is also centered around the Bucks free agency and the season just ended so I thought it'd be fitting to to go over that uh so yeah, I, and I did seriously consider it made the most sense to do it with the episode I'm currently recording, but maybe I'll do kind of just like a larger full season recap as well. I know I've done that, uh, you know, at least before. Uh, yeah, at least once before. But heck, we have a whole off season, so <laughs> uh, or, the order of of uh, everything probably matters even less now Uh, to stay focused uh, strictly on Bobby though. I went back because Bobby Portis had a fantastic season and I didn't say this to him, but it's been advertised a lot on, on my show here that I wasn't a huge fan of the Bobby signing initially. And that's just because I hadn't watched a ton of them and didn't, um, you know, I just didn't understand uh, the level of of athleticism that he had, and he also took a huge, uh, a huge jump in his three point shooting by the time he uh, he joined the Bucks. So I was happy to eat crow on that and have Bobby help us uh, win an NBA championship last year and uh yeah and then we got Bobby back which seemed to be an enormous stroke of luck the this previous off season and to carry over into this one a lot there's a lot of speculation that there could be sort of an under the table handshake between Bobby and the Bucks that we will we'll pay Bobby more now that he is that he is instead of an instead of a non-bird free agent there's a more official term for that, but we'll go with that. Uh, we now have early bird rights on Bobby, which means we can sign him for significantly more. But I always tell people in relaying this story that that Bobby easily gave up ten million dollars in salary in guaranteed salary to stick with the Bucks, because uh, I think about how PJ Tucker signed. His deal with, uh, with the heat last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess I don't have, yeah. Cause I might be confusing the, the luxury, the luxury tax cost between, uh, Between uh, Bobby and PJ's contracts, a bit because I know I went through that a ton last year. Uh, Anyhow, though, um, I know Nate Duncan, Nate Duncan, excuse me, of the Dunked On uh, podcast. uh, I believe last off season he said that Bobby Portis might be the most overrated. Player in the league at this point. Uh which you know, in in a way, it's not the most egregious thing I have ever heard because the Bucks won the championship last year, so uh for you know for anyone for you know, players from any team to kinda uh slump a little bit compared to a season where they won a championship and regressing to the mean, maybe meaning that they're, that they're worse than they were before. Um, might've had a point although It's kind of tough in comparing Bobby to like 450 guys or however many there are in the NBA at this point. Uh, and that's all to say that Bobby really stepped up to, stepped up to the plate this year uh, with Brooke uh, only playing about is it like 15 games in the end maybe s- slightly more but uh, Brooke only started the first game and then he didn't start again until March 14th so that's 59 uh um mm-hmm. um the math's not going to be approximate here but uh with or without Brook Lopez in the first 60 games of this season mostly without Brook Lopez uh Bobby averaged 15 and 9 uh mostly starting in Brook's absence on 48.2% shooting from the field 40.8 from 3 74.8 from the line all in under 30 minutes per game, 28.9 minutes per game to be exact. So uh, it's awesome that Bobby was able to to prove his doubters uh, wrong two years in a row. And now Bobby, uh, as well as Pat, are our priorities this offseason. We're going into uh, the summer with... Uh, With our main four guys uh, already under contract. And Giannis, Chris, Drew, and Brooke. Uh, Brooke will be an unrestricted free agent after next season. And I think Chris uh, has a player option for next summer. I anticipate that that the that the Bucks will pay Chris Middleton basically whatever he sees fit, uh, unless anything, uh, God forbid anything, go terribly wrong. Uh, a forty million dollar player option does sound pretty good, though. Even if I am Chris Middleton, so we'll see how that goes uh, it'll be funny if people, uh, seem to forget how, how, how important Chris Middleton is even after, uh, the last series we just played. And maybe people will be wondering if, if, uh, if we'll pay Chris, whatever it takes to stay in Milwaukee, but I would bet on that (laughs) as long as that's what Chris still wants. And I have no reason to think that he wouldn't. I think, uh, I think we'll do what it takes to keep him. Brooke is the bigger question. That is also a question for next off season. so I don't want to belabor the point. Uh, Lockdown Bucks has discussed it a little bit more. Uh, because it kind of... Yeah, I'd say it's the largest question... Uh, facing the Bucks, the Bucks' longevity just naturally broke, being an older guy compared to compared to our other three guys. If I haven't said it already, we do uh, still have Grayson and George Hill under contract for next season. I know <laughs> uh, that might sound like nails on a chalkboard for some of you, for some of you right now, but. I think the Grayson deal is still reasonable with him, uh, signing, um, the $20 million uh, extension over two years. I was trying to see if there were any other additional notes on his, on his extension. I thought there might've been uh, a bit of an asterisk there, but I don't see it now. Uh, and then, uh, George Hill Uh, will has a four million dollar salary, uh, for uh next season as well. We signed him for the for the MLE last summer. So that means our pending free agents are Pat and Thanasis, who we have full bird rights on. Meeting we can. Uh, provide them with a maximum salary if if we uh, so wanted to but that will uh, absolutely not happen we're not giving them uh, Giannis money I don't think I had to had to break that news to anyone out there Uh, but Serge and Bobby are uh we have early bird rights on them. And that means I have a, oh yeah, I have it charted out here. Early bird rights mean that we can pay them a uh, starting salary of 175% of their previous salary or the estimated average, average salary. Uh, according to Eric Pincus, the estimated annual player salary. Uh, currently is right around ten point four million dollars, which is more than one hundred and seventy five percent of Bobby's most recent contract. Double checking my math. Uh, yeah, he Bobby was making uh, four point four point three million this year. 10.4 is larger than uh, larger than 8.6 million. So that will be Bobby's starting salary. And that's the yeah, that's the most that the Bucks can play Bobby. So there's a chance that people could pay Bobby more and he could decide to sign the larger deal instead of stay with us. But I don't think Bobby's ceiling for the most other teams would pay him. Is much more than that. Uh, there's a good chance that if a team's willing to pay him slightly more, that he'd rather that Bobby would see again that he has a better chance to stay with us. And yeah, we don't we don't see see a team really uh, blowing us out of the wa blowing us out of the water with a better offer, uh, as long as the Bucks are really willing to pay up for Bobby, which. Uh, he's more than earned it, uh, especially if we have that under-the-table handshake. Uh, Serge Ibaka, with his early bird rights, and uh, one one hundred seventy-five percent of his salary uh, equates to over seventeen million. <laughs> but I don't think Serge is someone that Bucks fans had bargained for returning. I thought a lot about Serge and. How things maybe could have been different if we would have tried to utilize him more. Because, you know, I'll just never really forget playing those. uh, Pat Connaughton at the four lineups. The Celtics were too big for us to do that. Uh, And I didn't think Serge... I, I mean I, I remember there being there being some good moments for Serge Ibaka, uh, but he also didn't get uh much of a chance once Brooke came back. I know now people are relitigating the the Dante trade. It certainly would have been nice to to have had uh had another another athletic wing in in Dante who's more skilled than some of our guys in the Celtics series, but I think it would have been a lot riskier to go into into the into the postseason not knowing how how Brooks' back was going to hold up after after the trade deadline. And uh, and then yeah, we we still have have that thin front court, uh, especially if we don't bring back Surge. So. I don't think that need that we had all this season will will completely go away, but I also need to remember, remember that the roster could look totally different. Um, and then Jordan Nawara. This was his second year with, with us, which means uh, – yeah, he's played 2 years with us without switching teams in free agency meaning that uh he has he has restricted uh early bird rights uh, and and uh that average player salary of 10.4 million would be the most he he could possibly get from us but that's also uh not his not his market uh, Yeah, after going up, going up against Boston, I know uh Getting more athletic on the wing is something that a lot of Bucks fans want to see, but that can also be the most difficult hole to fill. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Jordan really uh, left a lot to be desired on the defensive end, too, so I don't have a, have a ton of hopes for him uh, stepping into a playoff rotation for us, but... I'm also not going to count him out there because he's he's, one of our youngest guys. Uh, then we have Wesley uh, Matthews, Javon Carter, uh, uh, who are non-Bird uh, free agents, meaning we can sign them for uh, either 125% of the previous salary or 120. Uh excuse me, 120% if I said that before. I thought I might have said 125. Uh most we can pay. Uh Wes and Javon is uh 120% of their previous salary or 120% of a minimum contract. Uh I don't think I don't think Javon's has a market beyond the minimum really. And with Wes's With Wes's age, I don't think his will go. Uh, You know, it it wouldn't shock me if Wesley Matthews was a minimum guy yet again. Uh, But he was super important for us this year, so I could be proven wrong. And uh, according to Spot Track, our current luxury tax bill for next season is already at uh over nineteen million uh, I don't quite have have the equation up for that so I don't know if that includes uh I don't know if that includes like cap holds or not to try and get get a more realistic uh yeah to get a more realistic idea and, Yeah, no, it doesn't. I think that just includes... Uh, well, that does include player options currently and uh, non-guaranteed deals. Uh, right now, Luca Valdoza and John Tucker uh, have non-guaranteed deals. I, uh, well... It should say down here on spot track uh the guarantee date for luca vildoza is uh is october 16th just before next season and then rajon tucker's is uh january 10th of next year and then uh looks like rajon tucker is also non-guaranteed for the following season with his second guaranteed date being June sixth, uh, but these are like our sixteenth and seventeenth uh, guys. So yeah, I probably don't need to factor them too much into the equation either. Uh, the cap hold right now for our number twenty-four pick is is at. Uh, it's right around 2.4 million, varying by uh, 20,000, uh, depending if I'm looking at uh, Spot Track or uh, an article, that same article that I alluded to before with Eric Pincus. Uh, <laughs> I would not put money on us actually keeping uh, this pick. And I'm totally okay with that as we're uh, in win now just as much as anybody else in the league. So I know people have thrown out the idea of using the pick uh, and perhaps using that and Grayson or Hill to try to upgrade a little bit. Uh, I'd be interested to hear what that is, but yeah, a lot of wait and see, of course, in the off season, but I still trust horse, no matter what. Uh, just like Brian Winhorse said, winning a championship means you don't have to apologize for anything. and uh and yeah, I say as long as we have this iteration of our team uh or in other words as long as we have Giannis, you know I'll struggle feel uh feeling too too down about myself or this team and our prospects uh yeah cuz I, I don't know if it's greedy as a fan to 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 think, like, oh, we only had one championship after we had just waited for fifteen for fifty years to win a championship. Uh It wouldn't surprise me if I'd hear people saying saying that winning only one championship with with Giannis uh, might not be considered a success. But we don't need that negativity yet. Uh, to bring a little more positivity into this, if I'm reading. If I'm if I'm reading basketball reference correctly, uh, the Bucks no longer have John Lure or Larry Sanders on our books starting with uh, next season, which I thought this day would never come. I'm sure a lot of other Bucs fans felt this way, but but yeah, pretty amazing. And I suppose Okay, Spot Track isn't updating for me. Whatever, but I guess that is adding perhaps to uh to the bugs the Bucks luxury tax not being uh you know, still being in the same ballpark as it was the previous season. Um, but yeah, going back into that first round pick that I had mentioned, uh I finally get to jump back into uh, something that definitely makes me feel better about the Bucks not... Not playing anymore. Of course, I'd rather be watching the Bucks right now. Uh, but the draft is one of, you know, it's a very simple pleasure of mine. Yeah, it would be it would be a dream uh, to to cover the draft for sure as some sort of occupation because one part I like about it is that like people can, it's hard for people to tell you at least in the moment, people, people have a harder time telling you like for sure that you're wrong about something. Cause you know, you know, guys, futures are so uncertain, but also, uh, you know, that also leads to us being to dream, um, uh, about their potential being uh, much higher than it's likely to be, but yeah, seems to be a positive experience. But yeah, I am i didn't have any sort of uh, illustrious basketball career at all to uh, allow me to become some sort of uh, super successful NBA scout, but I'll do my best impression here where I've taken the mock drafts from four different sites, The Ringer, Sports Illustrated, NBA Draft.net, and Tankathon. And I did, I weighted the averages of, of all three of those draft boards. And I put them in the draft order. And I picked out five guys for the next five shows before the NBA draft for me to dive deeper in for everyone and serendipitously with right now the projected uh, 26th pick in the draft if I'm combining all four of these mock drafts we have uh, southeastern Wisconsin's own Patrick Baldwin will be the first guy that I evaluate and is someone for us to pick at twenty four? Granted, he's pretty risky, so <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know uh, if he's the guy that I would want the Bucks to pick. I would I would prefer the Bucks to pick uh, someone who's more of a finished product if they're going to keep this pick, which I don't really think they're going to. Uh, still, I. If nothing else, I enjoy this exercise, and uh, I think it'll be useful for everyone when they're when they're consuming the draft to to hear some of this. Uh, and since it's a Bucks show, I'm gonna go over guys who are most in in the Bucks range. And yeah, there are other guys too who were kind of who were thrown uh who who are who are within this range that that I'm also not super excited about the Bucks taking. So it wasn't just kind of an easy like swap the the sky in for another. Like for example, at the twenty seventh pick that I have in this weighted average, and actually projected by Kevin O'Connor at the ringer in his mock draft at twenty four, they had Kennedy Chandler, but uh he could have a wonderful career, but he's also a six-foot guard. And I know Milwaukee fans couldn't shut up about having Javon Carter try to guard uh, 6'9", Jason Tatum, in the conference semifinals. But, yeah, I, I would really like to add more size to this team because at our best, and if we have any hope of winning a championship, we do have – uh. We do have our big three who can handle the ball uh, and spurts, all of them. And we still have George Hill on the roster. So, and I think finding a point, point guard, uh, not necessarily with, with Javon Carter's defensive chops, but, uh, you know, Finding just someone who can do point guard duties and bring the ball off the court and run a pick pick and roll—I don't think that's that's the most difficult position to find, uh, you know, on the margins. Either way, Patrick Baldwin Jr. He went to my alma mater, of the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee, and I'm ashamed that I. I did not fulfill my promise of seeing him live and I'll do this fan thing where I'll 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 deflect deflect some responsibility towards me for not being being at the UW Milwaukee Panther Arena to cheer to cheer uh Patrick Baldwin Jr. on and maybe help some of his splits here. But although he came into the year as a potential top five pick, he, <laughs> he he's now between these four mock drafts as a as a projection average of 26 after averaging twenty twelve point one 12.1 points 5.8 rebounds and 1.5 assists he shot 34.4 26.6 and 74.3 so pretty pretty awful numbers one thing is he was uh yeah, the guys on his team couldn't really hold a candle to him, so teams were able to zero in on on uh, on him a lot more. But uh, I don't know. I could definitely see people uh, disappointed that he didn't just totally uh, totally dominate in you know since since he wasn't playing. In, in the ACC, like like he he easily could have, against more difficult competition, but he has he's a lot of potential of being being a guy um, who can be a star in his role, uh, you know, as as a stretch big with with uh, with a little more craft than your than your Nikola Mirotic is, for example. Uh, Um, yeah, a couple of guys I gained some of these notes from was a uh, hoop intellect, and Adam Spinella hoop intellect hoop intellect said that Patrick Baldwin Jr. had shades of uh, keyword shades of Michael Porter Jr. and Kyle Kuzma, and for where Baldwin is now in this draft, it might seem like bonkers to to draw those comparisons, but I wonder if he, I wonder if Patrick Baldwin Jr. above everybody else would just be someone that I would, that I would direct fans to watch on YouTube for themselves more than anything else. Cause, uh, cause yeah, his potential on offense is, is abundantly clear. If you watch him, he's, He's six nine with a six eleven wingspan, two hundred twenty pounds. He's a dead eye shooter with, with a smooth jumper. Uh, who can he can hit uh, from deep range to? He could thrive in a fast paced offense, and, and uh, can also knock down an, el- an elbow J if. Uh, uh, you know if facing a zone. I know he. Did that a lot at UWM. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. They they call him PBJ, which just doesn't sound right to me. If I'm being honest, uh, I want to call him PBN PBNJ. If I can't, if you know, if I were so inclined to give him a nickname, but it's not like his name's Patrick Baldwin and Jr. It's just weird to me. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say his, his whole his whole dang name if I have to, uh, as if I'm not the only one forcing myself, but, uh, yeah, Patrick Baldwin Jr. also has high, high IQ on offense, uh, just kind of a, you know, impeccable ability to, to backdoor cut a guy if, if he sees, sees the back of his head, uh, sprint to the dunker spot for, for an easy look. Uh He uh, he really loves his step back to the left as well, which I know Adam Spinella was not particularly was uh, <laughs> not particularly a fan of, and uh, he did kind of like his his uh his right baseline fade away uh, over his left shoulder though, which uh, I can agree looks uh looks pure by my eyes. Uh, Baldwin Jr. also had moments of show, showing some flashy passing ability. Whether it's uh, running in the open floor, he even ran ran a bit of pick and roll. Uh, yeah, even when he was he was uh, the undisputed guy on his team, he still. You know, he still kept his eyes up, looked to move the ball, and with his size, he that just adds to his vision. And I and they pointed out how he threw uh, some some pretty pretty incre- incredible long range skip passes as well uh, to get his guys open. And uh, although defense is certainly an improvement area for Baldwin Jr., he, he uses uses length pretty well at times. Uh, I'd say maybe just like focus was the biggest thing for him on the defensive end. As I saw a lot of clips of uh, contrary of him being backdoor cut a bit, or just like ball watching and letting letting his guy get like extremely open. Some embarrassing moments, uh, to be sure. One time he just looked like he turned himself around like on his own, <laughs> and then left a the guy open. One of the most one of the most embarrassing moments I've seen. I've seen from a guy at that level, but Lord knows I'd do something ten times worth it worse if I had if I had one percent of his skill level. Uh, but yeah, Baldwin, Baldwin Junior showed that he could he could contain pretty well at times and uses verticality to to get some highlight blocks as well. So. Yeah, I think people can see him as a as a solid uh, help defender, and if he and if he's in a situation where he's not the guy like he was at, at UWM, then then maybe maybe he'll he'll have an easier time locking in on defense, but very hard to say, huh? So yeah. My priority of just like adding size and skill uh, to the box, uh, you know, you could uh, you could see me talking myself into Baldwin Jr. But I also know that that he has he has a pretty wide range of outcomes in this draft. So uh, you know, maybe a team will kind of reach on him since he had top five potential going into the year but also a guy i think of too is is brandon boston jr who similarly and he, he even went to kentucky so maybe maybe that lends for less of an excuse for brandon boston jr but he was a top five prospect going into last season and then he got picked in like well into the second round so hopefully that doesn't happen for baldwin jr uh was southeastern Wisconsin zone. but uh some areas where he could get better at was just getting to the basket in the half court he doesn't have uh this quick first step and uh and yeah he could be more physical and use his body more he has a tendency to settle for flip shots when uh he definitely has the size and length to get to to get to the basket and if and if you're close enough to to Shoot a little runner or floater, you know. We kind of hope that that he can that he can get get another step closer to the basket and finish with with a higher efficiency. Uh, and yeah, I talked about how he lost his man off ball. He's also not like the quickest laterally on defense. Uh, but that's why but that's why him using his size and verticality will will be uh will be what he relies on on defense and uh if you if you didn't gather it from his percentages uh, shot selection was was a huge thing for him and and spinella talked about how he how he should uh veer away from his step backs to the left but uh it's worth mentioning twice that Patrick Baldwin Jr. did play on, he was like, I mean, I can't think of another person who would have been uh, a higher recruit for UWM ever in the school's history besides Baldwin Jr. So uh, whatever situation he goes into, uh, he'll have much less attention on him. So maybe that'll help him kind of polish his game a little bit. And Yeah, I look forward to getting into uh, four other guys uh, over these next four weeks, too. I'd say there's at least two guys on this list of five. I don't want to spoil them right now, but... Uh, at least two guys who would probably be a better fit for this team, has uh, athletic wings with perhaps more polish than Baldwin Jr. And just out of curiosity, I wanted to look into the guy who had an who had an average uh, draft draft rank between uh, these four mock drafts of twenty one, just ahead of this range, and that was uh, Nikola not Nikola Jokic, Nikola and uh, but he's also kind of the epitome of a guy who's far far too much of a project uh, for the Bucks to take. Now, before I wrap up here, something that could have been a lead on on uh, a <laughs> on any other show of mine was uh Giannis being named to the All-NBA first team for the for the fourth year in a row unanimously. And that is, hmm, I want to say that's the first time it's been done since like the 60s that Giannis has been, that someone has been unanimously named to the first team four years in a row. Uh, in fairness, a lot of that has to do with Voting becoming more public. For example, Steph Curry became the first unanimous uh, MVP. Uh, Maybe it was a second MVP. You know, within the past ten years, uh, when guys like LeBron and Shaq could have easily gotten that title if if there would have been uh, more pressure on some of these voters to take it more seriously and uh you know not let any of their biases get in place when when they know it's already a foregone foregone conclusion who's going to get to the spot again thinking of Shaq and LeBron in that case when Allen Iverson got one vote over Shaq for MVP in 2000 and then um and then Carmelo Anthony got a vote for MVP uh above uh uh, instead of LeBron winning it unanimously in one of his years with the Heat, I believe. But still, I just said this is the first time this is done since the '60s. So, uh, so yeah, and it is. Uh, I can also feel much better this off season, knowing that it seems clear that the consensus uh, says that Giannis is the best player. In the league, uh, it would have been more of a toss-up before. It's kind of funny because it feels like Giannis had had like the Kevin Durant playoffs last year, where all we heard about for a year was like, "Oh well, what if what if Kevin Durant hadn't hadn't stepped on the line with hadn't stepped on the line with his foot?" And Kevin Durant like single-handedly almost beat the Bucks last season with uh, with Harden and Kyrie going down, but still here. Giannis almost willed the Bucs uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals without Chris Middleton uh, for seven games. Scored 50 multiple times. We had Jalen Brown, even after the series, called Jan- call Giannis the best player in the world. Uh, didn't hurt Giannis' case that Kevin Durant fell off against the Celtics one series earlier and was swept. LeBron didn't even make didn't even make the play in this year, so Giannis is the best player in the world, and I still fr- I still feel pretty darn good about uh, the Bucks odds moving forward. Wow, that would be probably a good place to end it, but I should at least uh, also mention that Giannis was named to the all all defensive first team, and Drew was named to the all-defensive second team. And quickly going over some of these other teams to make sure that it gets in before the finale of of this show. Uh, Giannis is joined uh, on the first team uh, by uh, Nikola Jokic, the two-time MVP now. Just as Giannis was previously, uh, along with uh, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, and Devin Booker, And Bede leads the second team. Uh, which makes sense because both he and Jokic are centers, and I mean, I, I would I would have loved a world where they both could have made first team because they were the three three best guys this year, uh, but. Uh, you know perhaps that helped these uh, all NBA teams come out cleanly where uh, there doesn't seem to be a clear snub maybe the internet has discussed some possibilities there I've talked about how I'm how I'm uh, how more unplugged now than I usually am but I should have heard something by now wouldn't you think? And then um, on the all-defensive teams, uh, first on first team, Giannis is joined by uh, Marcus Smart, Call Bridges, Rudy Gobert, and Jaron Jackson Jr. And on the second team, Drew Holiday is joined by uh, Draymond Grimm, uh Bam Adebayo, Robert Williams, and Matisse Seibel. And, yeah, no one can... Th- scoff at any of that. I love that if, I'd love for there to be an all an all defensive third team. you know a lot of the media has uh, has uh, has asked for that but yeah it takes a takes a while for traditions to change unfortunately far too long uh much of the time I should also say that uh the rest of the NBA uh yeah the rest of the all NBA second team with uh Joel Embiid includes uh Steph Curry Kevin Durant John John Morant and uh DeMar DeRozan and the uh All-NBA third team uh, has LeBron James, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam, Trey Young, and Carl Anthony Towns. And, you know, if you're listening to other NBA podcasts, I'm sure one of the biggest topics right now is uh, Darvin Ham being maybe the single Front runner for the for the next Lakers jobs job. Uh, Other finalists include Kenny Atkinson and Terry Stotts. And in typical Laker fashion, uh, you know, it has to be a little more messy with with uh, there being rumors of other people being suggested after after these three finalists were named. Uh, One of which, though, being Charles Lee, another long time. Uh, Buck's assistant. Uh, it escapes me who the second guy mentioned uh, that I heard. Yeah, there was another guy mentioned in the same breath as Charles Lee, as maybe maybe a fifth contender for <laughs> for the Lakers head coaching job. But uh, the most humorous uh, rumor has been that Doc Rivers could be the next Lakers head coach. But as of now sounds like doc is going to stay uh with the sixers and hopefully darvin ham will get his opportunity uh to be a head coach as he and charles lee uh more than deserve it now being nba champions uh, in their own right uh as assistants but more to come there we wish uh all bucks uh players and coaches all the best opportunities moving forward hopefully it's with the bet with the bucks but above all else we hope that they're doing uh what's best for them and their families i wish the best to everybody uh listening here today look forward to speaking to you next week and until then i'll see you in another life brother Thank you for tuning in to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.